The podcast of Plastic is an initiative by the Break Free from Plastic movement. Hashtag Break Free from Plastic envisions a future free from plastic pollution. BFFP promotes common values of environmental protection and social justice. We acknowledge that to bring systemic change, we need to tackle plastic pollution across the whole plastics value chain, from extraction to disposal. Hello, Planeteers, and welcome to episode two of the podcast of Plastic, where we talk about the life and times of plastics, kind of like a biography, but about the villain, how plastics are a poison to this planet, affecting everything and everyone around it, and how we can offer solutions to this problem. I'm your host, Antoinette Toss, and like you, I'm a volunteer at heart, always yearning to keep exploring and growing. So join me in this episode as we learn more about our supervillain, Plastic, and how we can win this fight together. This podcast is inspired by the Emmy-awarded documentary, The Story of Plastic. If you haven't yet seen The Story of Plastic, it's truly an eye-opener, so don't miss out. Find out about the evils of plastics and, more importantly, ways to get rid of them. That's why you need to watch this film. For more information on the story of plastic and break free from plastic, go to www.breakfreefromplastic.org. First things first, what do we mean when we say sachets? I understand different countries don't use the word the same way. For this episode, we will talk about those small sealed packaging made of single or multiple layers of plastics intended for one-time use only. Emphasis on one-time use only. So in various Asian countries, we have liquid shampoo packed in small plastic packages. You open up one sachet every time you take a bath and throw it away after. Another common example would be instant noodles with their small packets of seasoning, not to mention the palm oil most of them contain. In the Philippines, there are small stores and communities run by families in front of their houses, which we call sari-sari stores. Translated, sari-sari means assorted. Some friends in Indonesia told me they call similar stores warungs. In India, they're petikadai or gumti or koka. They are the pioneers of convenience stores sans air conditioning and neon lights. I tell you this because in communities with these stores, there became a culture of selling products in small amounts. So you would take your container and buy a portion of, let's say, soy sauce. You would pay a smaller fee, and then the store owner would pour your soy sauce into your own container. You wouldn't buy the whole bottle because one, you can't afford the whole bottle, and two, you won't need to use the whole bottle anyway. People only bought what they actually needed, and it worked. 
Soon enough, due to so-called convenience, the neighborhood's peaceful bliss was disturbed by an evil presence. The simple and sustainable buy-what-you-need culture was disrupted by... Dun-dun-dun! Single-use plastic sachets, oh my! Small packets of one-time-use products that sprouted faster than you can say climate change. Sadly, products are now primarily packaged in sachets. From cooking ingredients to bath essentials, from food and drinks to household cleaning products, it is everywhere. Corporations have branded it as pro-poor and, at first glance, makes sense because, yes, if I can't afford the big container of soy sauce, I will buy the smaller amount in a single-use pack. But is it really pro-poor? Why is the sachet doing more harm than to help? Let's count the ways. I'm here with Nalini Shikhar, the co-founder and executive director of Hasiru Dala, an organization that works with waste pickers and waste workers in India. Nalini, thank you so much for being with us today. We're so grateful to have you with us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. And we'd like to begin with asking you the question, to you, what is the definition of a sachet? So for us, the definition of sachet is something that it's small or big or, uh, you know, uh, that cannot be recycled, that cannot be picked up very easily. Sachets, it's made out of generally multi-layered plastics um, that has a multi-layered means it has uh, more than one kind of plastic or one kind of material. Uh, so that is sachet for us. Use it and throw now, when we speak of sachets, could you share with us the environmental and social implications of sachets, particularly in India? When I buy a bottle of uh, shampoo, it's much cheaper than buying it out of one, one rupee or small sachet uh, of shampoo. So um, it may be convenient uh, uh, for usage, but actually it just doesn't disintegrate or doesn't get into collection system it is bad and especially in villages when the clogging of uh, the drains happen we see a lot of sachets and sanitary waste these are the two things that we always see so that's the issue with uh, sachets i feel like a lot of the points that you'd brought up about the issues that sachets cause are actually also commonly experienced in the philippines and in fact the asia pacific region as well not just in india it clearly seems that the use of sachets does not necessarily save us money and is not exactly pro-poor. It seems like it's actually something that essentially can cost us more if you add it all up. The impact on our health, climate change, and so much more. Sadly, when we talk about plastic pollution, we don't often talk about the people on the front lines of this crisis. Nalini, could you tell us more about the importance of the role of waste pickers and waste workers in communities when it comes to addressing plastic pollution and other forms of waste? In, in a city where I live, Bangalore, we have 15,000 waste pickers. Okay, When we calculated the amount of contribution they made, they actually saved 8.4 uh, million rupees, Indian rupees, to the local government just in collection and, uh, you know, transportation, because they generally transport on their shoulders or their hands or their handcarts uh, on their own. So there's so much of uh, economic contribution also. And there's a study which has shown that 
the work of waste picker is actually doing negative carbon it leaves negative carbon footprint so that means the contribution has been fantastic but recognition has been very very little so this brand audit not only lists the pollution or the pollute polluters but also bring in uh, a demand for better services by the citizen better working condition for the workers and demand by the local government to the brand owners to take responsibility so uh, so it is really an exercise uh, that really helps and we involve the local government so it's an eye opener for everybody the consumer say oh i never knew i used this i never knew this cannot be recycled and waste pickers like oh we never knew that so many brands are involved in this and we have been doing this work for so long and the officials will say okay now we know how many people why epr is important and we should bring them on board it's so interesting to think that these experiences actually really do bring so much of a realization and reflection for each of us i couldn't relate more to what you were saying about when you do pick up the items and find them out there and do the audits yourself you truly realize what you are consuming every single day as an individual and i feel that not just personally but a lot of our volunteers particularly a lot of the youth that have joined us for coastal cleanups at cora have been empowered or enlightened in that very specific way through personal experience i truly believe that it is when we connect global issues directly to our own local and personal space to our personal experiences that we see the valuable role that we each have to play in the big picture of things nalini One last question. What is one message that you would like to share with everyone about how we can be a part of the solution and what can we actually do to support and advocate for systemic change that also considers the plight of the most vulnerable? I think um, first of all um, we as consumers of uh, government services whether it is sanitation services water services electricity services we should demand better services that is what you and me as individuals should start questioning and asking and uh, for better services and solid waste management better uh, companies uh, having better health but scariest thing is that most of this material is used in uh, food industry so questioning the food industry and uh, questioning the uh, you know the companies of saying can you pack in a better safer place uh, safer way uh for us can you think of different kinds of uh, uh you know uh material that you can use or different ways methods of uh giving us the same food for me children next generation is my real hope of change because lot of people who come for these events go back and tell hundred other children in their classrooms and they bring some change uh, in there so i think all of us engaging the government engaging the corporate engaging ourselves and our children is the key thing to bring in sustainable change in the pattern of consumption that we have thank you so much nalini shikhar the co-founder and executive director of hasiru dala india thank you Up next, I have the pleasure of speaking with Rayang Nusantara, the National Coordinator of Gerakan Indonesia Diet Kantong Plastic or the Indonesian Plastic Bag Diet Movement. 
Hello, Rayang. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, Antoinette. Thank you for having me. We'd like to go straight into it. Could you tell us more about the economic implications of sachets and its impacts on society? You know, uh, in Indonesia, sachet marketed as a cheap, candy, and essential stuff. We can find it everywhere. Even in the small store in the remote area, we can find sachet easily. In fact, it, it's only because sachet trucos are externalized. That's why we can get it very cheap. The corporation profited from sachet and accounted for the environmental impact. The impact uh, paid for by this society. There is uh, one company in Indonesia that say uh, they have a chemical recycling plan, but in fact, they actually fail to collect all of the sachet uh, in Indonesia. And uh, there's only a small percent of material from that sachet materials that can be recycled. Uh, that company is now uh, marketing uh, one of the detergent brands with a multi-layer pouch that say it contains uh, recycled material from the previous sachet. Extended Producer Responsibility, or EPR. That's something that I feel we are all advocating for across the region to ensure true accountability and transparency when it comes to corporations and businesses. But why does it seem like global brands try to advocate that sachets are pro-poor when it seems that this really isn't the case? Can you tell us more about this point of view, Dayang? There's a narrative spread out by uh, the corporations that uh, sachet is still needed by the society, especially for those who have a lower income uh, communities. Uh, and they also said that sachet is a demand from them. It's demand from us. So they try to, uh, I see it, they try to uh, manipulate us to force something that we don't really actually need. Uh, they uh, assume that uh, lower income society have a weak purchasing power. They force us to agree with the idea of sachet. They convince us that product in sachet is cheaper than other products in bigger packaging like uh, in a bottle or, or in a jar. In fact, uh, where we can now uh, easily access at least in the uh, urban area, for a refill station store, there's a store in Indonesia, in Jakarta especially, that can uh, show you that uh, refilling the products from them is 10% cheaper than if we bought in sachet, if we buy, if we buy in the same amount. And well, for, for that uh, reality, we... we know now that uh, for decades we have been lied to by the corporations about the sachet is cheaper. But they actually, if, if there's uh, refill stations available everywhere, especially in the rural areas or the remote areas, they can really feel that uh, if we uh, refill our products, it's much cheaper than if they bought the sachet. If you really think about it, 
Bringing your own containers to a nearby store to buy portions is a zero-waste system. I do that myself to avoid having to deal with the waste in the first place. Corporations didn't need to step in and introduce single-use plastics, but they did. They thought they were revolutionizing the system, but what they were actually doing was resizing our garbage, doubling, tripling, quadrupling it. Even after I had my conversation with Rayang, I was still reeling from the truths he spoke of. It's not that I'm hearing this for the first time, but hearing it yet again from another person from miles away just makes it more real every single time and worse. Here's another effect that Rayang emphasized to us. The social impacts of plastic pollution. How does it affect me as an individual? And how does it affect the community around me? They force us to believe that this packaging is good for the society, good for the quote-unquote environment. But um, that's why sachets are uh, difficult to recycle for the society and the government. And it becomes the burden for us because somehow they force us to be responsible for that waste. They put the society and the government to responsible for their packagings. Rayang then brought it home, literally. In my hometown in Bandung, in West Java province, uh, where uh, the population is about 2.5 million, the generation of sashi waste is estimated at 1.200 tons per year. Numbers of sachets is only once you imagine the whole Indonesia where we have more than 500 cities. The sachet will be only polluted the environment and end up in landfill. Another effect, environmental. It's the most obvious, but corporations like to play oblivious to it. So ironic. We see the reality now. Uh, no one can really recycle the sachet. No one can really manage how to recycle sachet properly, even the corporation itself. And by promoting sachets, it means we promote the use of fossil fuels to make more plastics. And the problem is very complex. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, like, Maybe we are as the activists in the Break Free from Plastic talk about this, but we have to 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 uh, uh, deliver these informations to the wider people so so they can support us to advocate to push the corporations to uh, give us another options that are more eco friendly, that are more uh, less plastic packaging or even no plastic packaging at all so we can really uh, face how the world we want the world without plastic pollutions wow with everything that you have mentioned rayang it really seems crystal clear that it is just a vicious cycle that creates a negative impact on all levels from human health to wildlife to the environment and even to society and the economy but before we say goodbye to you, 
What is the one pathway forward that you can share that you feel most strongly about that can help catapult us into a more circular or sustainable way of production and consumption? More reusables. We have to shift our lifestyles to, to uh, give an example to people that reusables is possible. Yes, I love it. Reusables is possible. Thank you so much once again for joining us today. We are truly grateful for your time. Rayang Nusantara of Gerakan Indonesia Diet Kantong Plastic. Thank you, Antoinette. Planeteers, when sachets were introduced and generated a lot of garbage, the blame game started and fingers pointed at us. Consumers, never the brands. So why are we being guilt-tripped about the amount of garbage from sachets? I get that we are a part of the chain as consumers, but why all us? The background of sachets and companies in Southeast Asia is actually quite interesting. Um, if you go back, especially in the Philippines, it was really normal for things to be sold in small packages. That's Carmen Gravat, formerly a program director at Greenpeace East Asia, who recently facilitated the development of Break Free from Plastics sachet strategy. It was just the way it was done, but without all of the like plastic packaging around it. Then um, companies started to create these little sachets and they realized they could get people into buying them early on. And then um, they just exploded with more and more products. And they've managed to keep them cheap. Um, and this is where the externalized part comes in. They keep them cheap because they're not the ones paying for cleaning them up. They're not the ones dealing with the environmental pollution. Basically, they're just doing the marketing, getting the profit, and everything else is carried by the environment or carried by society. that we are neck deep buried in single-use plastics, I can't assure you we're not because we kind of are. But as I have mentioned earlier, there are solutions that we can participate in and be a part of as consumers. So things like mobile reuse, like a stall that comes around, refills things, or even just small um, port, like reusable plastic. So even like a PET container that's small and reusable is way better than a sachet. And then throughout the Philippines, there's lots of zero waste stores. All of these different options um, can look after the consumer, get the stuff out to the people that need it, and all without the environmental pollution. I think um, reuse is such an amazing opportunity that really brings out the best in people. So when you start using people's creativity and you get them cooperating together, you really find amazing solutions and solutions that you know, like are about a community and how it interacts. And for me, that's totally the way we can go about not just solving this problem with sachets, but lots of other waste problems too. Thank you for those encouraging words, Carmen. More on refillables and reusables in our next episode. Now, as consumers, let's not carry the burden alone. Let's get the bigger guys involved. 
We need the big guns. Pressure governments to pass legislation that pegs corporations as primarily responsible for single-use plastics. And bring back the responsibility for plastics from creation to disposal back to the producers. Why should we do that, you ask? I think ultimately to solve the sachet problem, we're going to have to ban them. There's like one of the things we're looking at in the strategy is how to get companies to stop doing it. But just asking companies or one company after another isn't going to get us there when they're so locked. They're kind of addicted to this system now. Um, so we're going to have to get a ban. But one of the things to getting the ban is that companies are then like lobbying together to stall progress or or dilute the, the pressure that they're under. And that's where that narrative you started at the beginning where you said, how come it always feels like it's our problem? It's because that's deliberately what they're trying to do, make it feel like it's your problem or you didn't put your waste out properly when they're the ones designing the problem and then um, trying to stop the progress. One of the exciting things about doing the strategy development, though, has been realizing how much opportunity there is with amazing groups and amazing people around Southeast Asia to get progress on these bans. Planeteers, it's crystal clear. Sachets, or single-use plastic packets, are a menace to everyone. Another plastic myth has been officially debunked. To summarize, sachets are not pro-poor. They are pro-profit for big corporations. These corporations need to share the responsibility. After producing so much plastic, the burden cannot be all on the consumers. As consumers, can we just go back to the good old days of bringing our own containers to stores? Now, wouldn't we all love that? Let's also support and empower local communities by visiting stores nearest to us. Not only does it save us time and energy, it also reduces our own personal carbon footprint. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Please feel free to reach out to us via direct message on any of our social media platforms. And ready your ears for our next episode, Refillables and Reusables in the Time of the Pandemic. Don't forget to visit www.breakfreefromplastic.org to learn more and check out the Story of Plastic documentary on Discovery's YouTube channel, which will be available for free until the end of November. This is Antoinette Toss reminding you to never forget that the power is yours to make a difference. And together, we continue on in the fight to beat plastic pollution for the planet and its people. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.